Pandemonium Reigns podcast. What is up? Uh, happy Friday. Happy almost weekend and early weekend to those uh, those bums out there that are not working today. I salute you and I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, let's talk about week four college football action. It's hard to believe uh, we're already a quarter of the way through the season. We'll be a third of the way through the season once week four has transpired, which is devastating as, as much as we look forward to it and as, as much as we love it. Um, around these parts. Uh, before we get into the games, make sure if you haven't already that you're hitting the subscribe button wherever you're catching us at, that you're hitting the follow button, that you're liking this video on YouTube, uh, that you're doing all those things that help us out and help us know that you're enjoying the content that we make. Uh, maybe slightly less enjoyable content this time around because I am flying solo to hit you with the week before action, but nonetheless, we love doing it and we hope you love taking it in. So let's get right into it. We've got Florida State and Clemson at noon at Clemson, where Clemson, for the first time in a long time, is a home underdog. Florida State comes in two-point favorites. Uh, you've got an over-under of 55 points. It's really hard to believe that, that Clemson has a loss to this point in the season. It's been a long time since they've had a, uh, an early season loss or, or something before the midway or, or late point of the season where their quarterback or their offensive issues, what, what have you of late, have caught up to them, even, even last year threatening for a playoff spot until uh, South Carolina kind of wrecked that like they did for, for Tennessee as well uh, with at least an outside, outside excuse me chance of, of sneaking in there. Uh, you've got the matchup predictor on ESPN, 57.3, very slightly 7.3 uh, in, in Florida State's favor. Um, it's hard for me again just to just to really fathom that Clemson is a home underdog to Florida State, who has struggled for ten years, if you will, to 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 really keep momentum, to build back momentum after their last national championship. But nonetheless, they roll in as two point favorites over in the Palmetto State this Saturday. Um, if you look at these teams, South, I mean, excuse me. Clemson has has got Florida State beat in a lot of statistical categories. Then you remember that they've played Duke, Charleston Southern, and another of that mold. And, and Florida State has beaten LSU. They've then they've played a couple, uh, you know, mid teams as well, mid to lower level teams. Uh, so Clemson comes in with with the statistical advantage in a lot of areas, specifically total yards. They've got. They've got Florida State edged there, which is, again, really hard to believe with some of the issues that we've seen from them. Um, they're, of course, allowing less yardage, but, again, they've not played Jaden Daniels. They've not played – they played Duke, and they lost to Duke, and they didn't perform well against Duke, but they shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. This is how they managed to lose that game, even though it was a, a lopsided margin um, with, with Duke handing out on a platter Clemson's points in that game. Um, but even the passing yards, this one's kind of hard for me to believe because Florida State's only managed about four more yards through the air uh, per game, but Florida State is so balanced that they're, they're passing for 276, they're rushing for 268. I mean, that's elite balance. That's the type of balance that Dan and I talk about that they'll need to carry them on a playoff run because they've got the talent. They can manage the schedule for sure. You've already got Alabama with a loss out there. They, they're going to really struggle to contend for a playoff spot. There's a lot of seats open, and Florida State has, has a really, really good leg in 
almost with that win over LSU alone. But if they can pull this game off Saturday at Clemson, being the favorites that they are, uh, that's going to do nothing but help their case. They can, I think they can afford to lose this game. I don't think they will lose this game. And I'll get to that in a minute a little bit further. Um, but again, you know, this is a tough task going over to Clemson where they're not looking to to stop being great at Clemson. They're not looking to not get back to their glory that they've been at over the, the past decade. Um, but again, that's that's the situation. That's where it, where it sits as of right now. I personally think that Florida State is too potent. Um, I think that that, that two-point advantage that they have per Vegas as of right now, I think you could stretch that out near a touchdown, and I would still be pretty comfortable. I'm going to go with the Knowles in this. I think, again, I think they just – I think they're too potent. I mean, they're, they're going to be given Clemson's offense that has had serious issues at times, probably a lot of problems, especially – especially if Clemson's not able to pass the ball consistently and Klubnik isn't able to get that going with his guys. Uh, I think that would be nightmarish because you're going to have that, that front for Florida State that's dang good. You're going to have those guys teeing off when they do pass. You're going to have them loading the box if they try to just run the ball. Um, we know that Clemson can do those things, but I think I've got more trust for sure at this moment in Florida State. So, I'm riding with Florida State to win the game outright, covering, uh, covering obviously in doing that over under 55. I don't think Clemson is potent enough to help Florida State carry that 55. I'd probably lean slightly under. That's only going to be around 28 points apiece, but I don't know if I've got the trust in Clemson against an opponent of this caliber when they've not really, when they've struggled to get going against Duke and the others that they've played so far. So, man, I'm going to ride under 55. Florida State's going to win this game. I mean, they might do it comfortably. We'll see about that. Um, but, yeah, give me the Knowles. Give me the under. And let's see what we got. Let's see if Clemson picks up a second loss before September ends. And just, again, I can't get past how wild that is. I mean, that that's, that's brain shattering on my end. Buffaloes and Ducks, 1230 Pacific time kickoff, 330 Eastern. Outson Stadium, Eugene, Oregon. I believe that place is going to be hopping. Uh, we know, we know, we know the electricity, the fire of the Colorado program right now. Um, was just looking at their numbers. They're averaging 418 yards through the air per game. That's that's the recipe, obviously, to get your quarterback, Shador Sanders, to 1251, 1,251 yards passing in three games. And that's how you do it. Obviously, he's been clean with the ball, 10 touchdowns, one pick. They've shocked the world against TCU. They've handled business against Nebraska in a game that was closer at halftime than we thought it would be. They did have a bit of an eye-opening experience against Colorado State, especially considering that Jay Norvell for Colorado State kind of called out Dion midweek leading up to it. Uh, very, very entertaining game and a surprising victory in the fashion that it came for Colorado and then you look over to Oregon who has been much more balanced than Colorado to this point maybe not quite as worried about the statistics if you catch my drift we've hinted at that we've we've talked about that the way that Colorado seems to be worrying about uh, Shador Sanders stats Travis Hunter stats who they'll be without in a game in which they are 21 point road underdogs I believe that's a similar spread to TCU hosting Colorado 
I don't believe that TCU's talent stacks up that well against Oregon's talent, even though both were road affairs. Colorado obviously won at TCU. I don't believe that's what they're going to do. I'm not even sure that they can really threaten uh, the Ducks as impressive and, and more so unexpected as Colorado has been in the early season here uh, through three games. You look at Bo Nix. He has been clean with the ball, 76 for 98, only 22 incompletions on 98 attempts on the year. Uh, to the tune of 893 yards and eight scores, no picks at this point, which is what someone who's been in college for that long should do. Um, Irving leading leading the rushing department for for the Ducks with 216 and three scores. That's that's much more than Colorado's done on the ground. Again, despite the factors that we talk about, Colorado only averaging 61 on the ground does not bode well for them when you think about them traveling to Eugene. Um, against a pretty good, a, a pretty good Oregon team. When you when you look at all things considered, uh, Oregon only being ranked at ten at the moment. Obviously, I think the polls are are wanting Oregon to prove maybe a little more than they did last year when they kind of stubbed their toe a few too many times. They were also uh, on the verge. They were on the verge of contending for a playoff spot late last season. But again, just a couple too many stubs at the toe. I think as well that that's something historically that's gone along with Bo Nix being your quarterback. We'll see if that comes into play this year. For the purposes of this game, though, Oregon being a 21-point home favorite, and I'm going to ride with them. I think they, they're just too much. This, you know, I, I doubted Dion for sure going into week one at TCU. Obviously, he made us pay for that, those, those of us that did it, but I just can't imagine Oregon not winning this game, keeping Colorado at, at arm's length if they need to along the way, but I just think they're too much. I think they're too balanced. I think they're too talented. When you look at, when you look at 80, 85 players versus a hundred transfers, I think there's too much unity, too much cohesion on that team. And again, the environment is ready. If any environment in the nation can be ready for Colorado and their electricity coming in, it should be Eugene, Oregon. That place is, can be nasty. Obviously, this is a daytime kick. It's not probably the the PM kick, the, the Pac-12 after dark that they might envision this being. But, again, I, I think if anyone can handle it, it's Oregon, which is crazy because I've, I've been hesitant to trust them in other spots before. Um, but, again, looking at this game, over under of 68.5 points. I don't know how much, again, I don't know how much I can trust Colorado going up against a better team in Oregon to help carry towards that 68.5. I, I would probably go under just because that's a massive number. Uh, I'm not betting it regardless, nor am I trying to advise you how to do so. You do that at your own peril. I'm just saying that's a lot of points, and that's asking a lot from Colorado, who is just going to be facing a much, much steeper competition gap than they've probably faced at this point. That's all I'm saying. But give me the Ducks. I, again, it's a big spread of 21 points. I think they're going to cover it. I think we're going to go under 68.5. I think Oregon's going to be 4-0 after this thing is over. Colorado be 3-1 with a date with USC and their electric offense coming up. Uh, so the scoreboards are going to be breaking on Colorado's defense if they're not very careful. They're not very, man, just they got to be careful. They got to get Travis Hunter back. That's another reason I like, I like Oregon in this. They don't have him on defense. They don't have him playing 95% of the snaps out there. That's that's a tough loss when you look at this team. I know that they've been good or better than expected. I just I don't I don't think it can stand up to the Ducks. But we'll see. 
uh, Saturday, 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern. Can't wait to see what comes of it. Ole Miss, Alabama. Alabama and Tuscaloosa, a six-and-a-half-point favorite as of right now in a game with an over-under of 55-and-a-half points. Boy, Vegas, what do you know that leads you to have Alabama, as we've seen them so far, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Ole Miss and what we've seen of them so far? Uh, now, Ole Miss fiddle-farted around with Tulane. That's, a, that's, a, that's not a mid-program. That's not a lower, that lower of a level program. That is Tulane, who has beaten USC, <coughs> USC last bowl season. Uh, they've won a ton of games under Willie Fritz. They are a good program, and I believe they hosted Ole Miss. And, and again, it just it all it did was it took Ole Miss into the second half to get going, and then they pulled away. It's like they heard us, our whispers, and what what's going on with Ole Miss. They heard that and kicked into high gear. But Vegas has Bama. <sighs> Quarterback rotation Bama. No left tackle having Bama. Not Bama of old Bama a six-and-a-half-point favorite hosting Ole Miss. The matchup predictor, 66-34 to in Alabama's favor. What in the world is going on? I almost, I mean, 50-50, if you told me Ole Miss was a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Tuscaloosa, I might not be shocked. That's just how the season's gone for these teams so far. Um, I mean, Alabama is passing for a buck 96 a game. They're only running for 171 Ole Miss is, is topping both of those. They're rushing for 177, and they're passing for dang near 350 a game. I mean, it just is not adding up for me. I don't know why things are this way. You've got Milrow back starting this week. If I'm Lane, I'm running just the most exotic coverages, and I'm spying that guy until he throws me the ball because he's going to do it a time or two, and I'm going to have a chance to take the ball away from Alabama. Uh, Dart has looked like he's been in that system for a while this year. He's looking much better than he did last year to the tune of 852, seven touchdowns and one pick this year. Still kind of waiting for Quinshawn Judkins to break out. I, I would be shocked if his breakout game of his sophomore campaign comes in Tuscaloosa, but he's an electric, electric player. And again, Lane is as much of an offensive mastermind as anyone is, he's he's got this team playing well, 3-0, ranked 15th. They're probably not happy looking up at Alabama at 13 in the rankings when they got they got handled the way that they did by Texas. I almost said smoke, but that's probably a little bit strong. Um, don't know if I mentioned it yet, but Vegas has got this at 55.5 on the over-under. That's probably the best one I'm feeling about this point of taking it over. Um, because it almost feels like Bama's due to figure things out. Ole Miss is due to beat Alabama for the first time in six, seven, eight years since, since Hugh Freeze did it down there. Uh, Lane is itching. He's dying to be the next former Saban assistant to, to beat him when he's watched Jimbo, he's watched Kirby do it. Uh, he's seen other teams beat Alabama in ways. He's seen Sark do it. And he's seeing a different Alabama. You know, you know that Lane is dying to hand them their second loss, much like Clemson, still in September. That is just banana land. What what planet are we living? What what planet is this college football season taking place on when those are the factors uh, of these games? Um, 
spoke about balance early. Alabama's obviously the closer of the two when it comes to balance. Ole Miss passing for dang near 200 yards more than they're running a game. But, again, they've been electric through the air. Uh, you've got Jordan Watkins who transfers in. He's got 290 yards and a touchdown in the early season. Um, and you know that, that Dart, again, it's just clicking more and more for him. Can he go down and be composed at Alabama, again, against a team that, that has shown their weaknesses still perhaps against the deep ball? Uh, they don't have that pass rush of old. They don't have their same secondary of old, I don't think. They certainly, certainly, certainly do not have a vintage Alabama offensive line, quarterback of late, or running game. They do not have those things. I think the talent is there, albeit young, at receiver, for them to have some breakout moments there uh, with Bond and Benson who transferred in and, and some of those guys who, who it still has to click for. But this has to be as vulnerable as, as Alabama has been to the likes of an Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin in multiple years, and these games have been close along the way. Ole Miss almost pulled it off last year. It was one of Alabama's, again, very close wins in a season where we did see them go 10-2 and two, um, and kind of show signs of cracking with a, even with a quarterback like Bryce Young. Uh, this was one of their very close wins that could have gone either way at the very end of this game. I am 1,000%, if, if, if I was still a betting man, I'm losing money on this probably, but giving Ole Miss to cover. It's just six and a half. Uh, that's all they have to cover. So keep it close if they lose the game. I think they go into Bryant-Denny and they win this game. That's just where I think Alabama's at right now. That's kind of the level that it's clicking at for Ole Miss in, in my eyes right now. Again, this 55 and a half looks very vulnerable to me with just all the factors that I talked about, and, and I think that's how it plays out. I will be, you know what, I'll have my popcorn ready uh, I'll be muting my TV because it is CBS 3:30, and it'll be on a subsequent screen because it's going to coincide with the start of Tennessee, probably definitely before halftime. Uh, but give me Ole Miss to win this game outright. They're definitely covering six and a half, and I'm going to take the over. Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to Notre Dame, where the Buckeyes are a three-point, a field goal favorite in South Bend. Uh, Vegas, again, hitting the copy and paste button, giving us an over and under of 55 and a half. And I've got questions. What is Ohio State? You look at their, their season so far. Are they, are they on the uptick? That's what I want to know. They win 23 to 3 against Indiana, at Indiana. They win 35 to 7 in a bit of a snooze fest against Youngtown, Youngstown State, excuse me. And they, they kind of get it going against Western Kentucky, as they should, 63-10. to 10. But what is Ohio State? Have they, have they reloaded like they do? I know about Marvin Harrison Jr. What else do they have? I know they have Travion Henderson. Uh, I know that Kyle McCord is the next guy in line to play quarterback for them. But what are they? And again, have they reloaded to the level that they often do? Um, talk about a consistent program that just does not lose many games, that that does reload time after time after time. And I know there's been questions early on in Ryan Day's tenure. Um, he obviously was set up right there on third base following Urban Meyer and, and the level that the program had been at when Urban found his way out the door. Um, but again, where, who are they right now versus a Notre Dame team that we don't know quite all that much about yet again either? 
Uh, we know that they played in a weird, wet game at North Carolina State, full of delays. They held them at arm's length and then some. You've got Hartman, uh, 1,061 yards on the year, 13 touchdowns, no picks. You've got a Estime with 521 and 5 on the ground. Talk about balance. Talk about explosiveness that we've not seen at Notre Dame offensively in some time. Um, and on top of that, they're hosting them. And Vegas has given them the, the pleasure, the leisure of being a home underdog to this Ohio State team that I think has many more questions, albeit in a few short game sample. Uh, I think that lines up really well for Notre Dame. I think they get the disrespect card. They've, they've kind of proven it in their early going, not against the greatest of competition, but playing some teams. They've played four games. On, you know, they're in that boat that had a week zero game. They've, they've banged out 304 yards through the air per game and, and 204 on the ground against that competition. Um, and I guess what gets me when I look at Ohio State is I ask how, how do they have, how have they managed 318 through the air, uh, again, on average per game and 156 on the ground with, with those two snoozers to open the season, 23-3 at Indiana and 35-7 to against Youngstown State. That doesn't quite add up to me. I think for me as well, I, I just, I re, and I hate this because I'm not, not at all a fan of Notre Dame, but I like the, the trajectory that they're on. I like what Freeman's doing there. Maybe I trust him a little bit more than Ryan Day, which feels just plain wild to say because it's Ohio State, not because it's Ryan Day. Um, but again, all the the stars just kind of aligned. They, we, we thought last year when they traveled to Columbus that Notre Dame was going to get walloped, and that's just not how it went. Now we know that, that I, I believe that's the game where either Harrison or Agbuka or Smith and Jigba, one of them went out with an injury there, and it kind of sent their offense into just like a management mode. They weren't able to be explosive and, and do the things that we expect from them. Um, so I know they had an injury in that game, and it was kind of wonky. But again, Notre Dame kept it much closer. Um, and I believe that was that was after the point, I think, where they'd already lost to Marshall. Um, or again, that was those events transpired right around the same time of each other. All that to say, I love the way they've responded basically in every game since then. Um, and again, I like that they get this game at home. The place should be rocking. Again, they get the, the luxury of playing the disrespect card with, with what Vegas has granted them. And I think I'm just going to ride with Notre Dame and, and see what happens. I'm not, I've not got any actual uh, skin in the game. It's not like I'm going to bet it. Uh, if I was, I'm betting Notre Dame to cover that three because I think they're going to win it outright. Um, again, just the copy and paste button from Vegas, 55.5 points on the over-under. Uh, we see that 55, 55.5 up and down the board this week. Um, but I'm going to ride, I'm going to ride with, with Notre Dame in this one. They're going to win the game outright. I think definitely covered by doing so. I do think 55 and a half is manageable for this game, uh, with just the, the sheer yardage that these offenses have put up in the early season. Now they're both about to face the best defense that they've played all year. Uh, so we'll see how they respond, but I certainly like Hartman. Uh, I certainly trust him against most anyone out there. Uh, because of his experience, because what we've seen him do, taking care of the ball, mixing it around. They've been so balanced with a steamate on the ground, already having half, half of a thousand yards to this point. Um, I like what they're doing. And as such, I'm going to ride with them. So 
truly a win-win situation for me because I like to see these programs take a loss. I'm sorry if you're a fan and you're of those teams and you're tuned into that. That's just how it is here in the South. But again, I think that, that Notre Dame gets the win, and I think they're going to look pretty good doing it. But, but we'll see Saturday night under the lights at uh, 7.30 p.m. All right. We've hit you with Florida State, Clemson, Colorado, Oregon, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Ohio State, Notre Dame. But this week's slate is too good to leave it at just that. Not to mention Tennessee, UTSA. Not that that's one of the best games of the week, but you know where we stand. You know the Vols are our guys and that we're going to talk about them. Uh, but again, it's too good of a slate not to talk about Auburn, Texas A&M, uh, Arkansas, LSU, I think. And then a, a really intriguing night game, Penn State hosting Iowa as 15-point as favorites. The most telling number that Vegas actually gives us here is an over-under 40 because I think I texted Dan earlier this week and I was like, dude, this could be a 6-3 to three game. This could be a 3-2 to two game if we ever see another score like that again, even though it's only been about 15 years, I think, since we've seen one, at least that's when it took place in the SEC. But again, I just had to touch on these games, even if briefly um, – Iowa still not selling me offensively. Young Ferentz does not take lightly to that. I encourage you, if you would like some entertainment, to look up his comments and, and some of the jokes around them uh, from earlier in the week. But again, talk about an increase in competition when they've already not lit the world on fire offensively. We know how egregiously bad they were offensively last year, um, but how stout their defense is. So I think that's going to present a, pro a set of problems all on its own for Aller, for Allen, for the Penn State Nittany Lions led by James Franklin, the goofball and the kind of clown that I think he is. Um, so that 40, if I'm betting, I'm going under 40. That's, that's where I think of these defenses and, and maybe more importantly so, these offenses. Um, I don't believe there's I – don't, I don't think Penn State covers 15 even though it's at home – they're certainly capable, and more so, I was just so capable of going in and scoring zero or three or six points, so it can certainly be done. Um, I mean, almost all options are obviously on the table because it's still early. We just don't know a ton about all these teams out there this year. Um, but I'm still not sold on Iowa. That's that's the, the bottom line here. I think Penn State wins. I think Iowa gets a backdoor cover of some sort, probably some crazy, uh, you know, bad beat situation that we'll see Scott Van Pelt talking about. Uh, later in the week, later when it comes around. But again, give me Penn State to win. I would have cover Auburn and Texas A&M. Auburn traveling to Caulfield College Station as seven and a half point underdogs. Um, over under 50 and a half, which again, I think is very intriguing and could be in jeopardy when you look at Texas A&M giving out points to Miami, even though they have an explosive, explosive passing game in that in that affair with Van Dyke and, and some of the guys that they've added, whereas Auburn certainly does not have that yet, but you do have kind of, a, again, a wizard on your sideline in Hugh Freeze. I don't think it's enough with the talent disparity for Auburn to go to Kyle Field, College Station, win this game. I do think they're mightily capable of covering that 7.5 spread, though. The thing that I dislike if I'm Auburn in this is the lack of balance because Thorne, unfortunately, is obviously he's your leading passer because he's more so, that's that's obviously his strong suit versus Robbie Ashford. He's also leading you in rushing with only 140 yards and two touchdowns on the year. 
does not set up well. On the flip side, Texas A&M's leading rusher only has 149 yards of his own at the, t- at the time. So uh, both teams have their flaws. I think Texas A&M flaws are much more defensively maybe than Auburn's where that could be one of their stronger units. Um, I think A&M will win this game at home. Would not be surprised in the least if Auburn goes in and, and keeps this close and they cover that 7.5-point spread. 15.5, meh. I could see it going over, but if I am betting it, I'm probably going to go under because I just don't think that Auburn has the firepower to really push too many great teams this year. We'll see if I'm proven wrong. Um, Again, I do think they cover the spread, um, and you just never know what kind of magic you'll get with you freeze on your sideline. Wrapping this bad boy up with LSU hosting Arkansas. LSU home favorites of 17.5 points. With, again, over under of 55. It's like Vegas just said, hey, it's week four. We're going to put 55 and 50 and 55 and a half. That's what we're going to roll with this week. Don't care too much about that number in this game. I think it's probably going to go over because of LSU's firepower and then anything else that Arkansas can add to it. My question is, where is Sam Pittman's hog hog squad of 2020 when we had them at – 0-10 0-10 is what we were saying. They're, they're going to suck so bad. 2021, they were better than we thought. Last year, they didn't continue the momentum. I, I know they were not. They weren't great. They weren't terrible. They managed to start, what, 2-0 and this year uh, before ultimately falling to BYU at home, which is, it's again, unfortunate to lose that game at home. Um, even though BYU is obviously not a slouch, they haven't been uh, of late, so... Just an unfortunate event. Where Where is the hog squad of, again, the time that Sam Pittman arrived in Fayetteville? Where is that team? We know they've got weapons. KJ, we got Rocket Sanders. They've got they've got fun receivers at, at, you know on, out there. Where's, where's Rocket Sanders been? Is he hurt? What's going on? Um, very concerned for them. I think LSU could easily cover 17.5. I think they could double that if they really, really play their A game. My questions are just more so for Arkansas. Where are you at? Where's the the fun, you know, tough version of Pittman's squad from around the time that he got there? I want to see this guy in the league. I want to see him be there. I'm just worried about the outlook of that if they continue to trend the direction that they've gone. So I'm going to bet with what's happened. LSU, they're going to win the game. I think they're going to cover that rather easily. I just want to know, Arkansas, where's your pulse? Can you please show us? I'd love to see you make noise in the West. That would be most fun. Uh, So continue to please show me some life. Bounce back. It's a tough ask uh, because their schedule is just brutal. It's it's one of the toughest in the SEC this year, if not up there for the toughest. So I want to see life from them. That's that's why I talk about this game. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not predicting it, but we'll see where it ends up um, on Saturday night. My goodness, they go to the to Death Valley at night. Good luck. I uh, wish you the very best, Arkansas, because, because again, I'm just asking where you've been. That will do it for our week four preview. Thank you so much for tuning in, even if brief, even if you just popped in. Uh, we love you guys. Can't, uh, can't thank you enough for tuning in, for hitting the follow button, subscribing, um, sharing this, this, this podcast. We'd love to do it, and we appreciate you all so very much. Uh, hit us up. Share your thoughts in the comments. Uh, Let us know that you're there and, and what your thoughts are. And we look forward to talking to you soon. 
God bless, and GB out.